Good morning. You know, one thing that amazes me when I see that, and Minneapolis-St. Paul, it, 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 it is a melting pot. Uh, people from all over the world are coming there, um, and you know how cold it gets there? I, now, I, and uh, I shared with you last time that uh, before, before God changed my heart, I, I was a hockey player, and I played up in Minnesota. And you've seen people do this on YouTube and stuff, where, where they throw water up in the air because it's so cold. And then if, uh, when I was playing, I was playing in, in an outdoor game once, and, and it was so cold that when you spit up in the air, it crystallized as it came down. And people are moving there. And God, God's, doing, God's doing amazing work there. And it is a melting pot. I uh, grew up in uh, Chicago, which is a melting pot. I grew up in a Hungarian neighborhood. I shared with you last time in uh, January how God had changed my heart and changed my life. And uh, he, during that whole process, he really gave me a heart for people. Uh, I was never a, a, a people person, and, but he used, uh, he, he used my daughter, our oldest daughter. We have six kids, six, seven children, six on earth, one is in heaven. And our oldest daughter, as you know, was born severely disabled, and God uh, used her to change my life. In fact, it took me, uh, took me seven years to realize that she was not a burden, but she was a blessing. So um, during that whole process of God changing me and my heart and my life, uh, he gave me this heart for people, uh, especially those who struggle with the issues of uh, life. And, uh, he, and he, uh, made, he made me a pastor uh, um, I, I preach, teach, and whatever, but more of a biblical counselor. I've been, I've been a biblical, biblically counseling pastor for decades now. Uh, he has graciously uh, allowed me to do that uh, here and in certain churches and overseas, in seminars and uh, at conferences, uh, teaching biblical counseling in different parts of the uh, world. Some of the most beautiful places you'd ever want to see. You know, the, um, the things you see on postcards. I've actually taught on the island of Fiji. You ever seen pictures of Fiji? It looks just like that. And uh, some places, not so much. I've, I've taught in the middle of the jungles in the Philippines. I've taught in, uh, in, in shacks uh, where, where God has allowed me to uh, go. I've taught in some dangerous places where uh, they actually had armed guards around the door or stationed right at the doors with machine guns because of the Muslim influence in the area. 
I've actually, uh, when, I, when I, uh, I was teaching in Egypt at a seminary, and one of the things that they told me to do, now when you leave your room, there's a direct path from your room to the classroom. Do not deviate from that path because we're not sure if there are snipers in the buildings around where the seminary was. And one time, God had sent me to India to uh, uh, teach. And one of the weeks that, uh, that uh, I was there, I was teaching 80 pastors way, way out in the middle of no. I mean, this place was so far, they call it the bush. You go out way out to the bush. And it was a stone building. Of course, no air conditioning, no windows, no doors, just, just doorways you walk through, and nothing else. So a couple of the pastors told me, they said, listen, listen, professor, if you need to go to the bathroom, you walk down this road here and go in the bush. But be careful. There's cobra in the bush. So I said, okay. And my dear wife, has, uh, she has faithfully waited for me to come home from, uh, from uh, places that were dangerous and blowing up as I was there. And she's watching it on CNN. And, and they had to get me out of there right away. And, and it's just some crazy, the world's messed up. You know that? The world is really, really messed up. But God gave me this heart for uh, people. And the things I share are the things that I go through in my life too. You see by the title uh, of the sermon that, that, you know what, I go through, you know, just because that I, I'm a pastor doesn't mean that we, go, we don't go through the same things you do. We do. In fact, uh, as we get into this, um, uh, be, being a pastor, it, it's been said that other than being president of the United States, the leader of the free world, being a pastor is the loneliest job in the world or loneliest calling. And after decades of being a, a pastor, uh, I can tell you that that's true. There, uh, there's a lot of times. And even though there's people all around us at all times, the same way the president always has the staff and all, all those people, but, uh, but it can get pretty lonely because I don't know whether you've all, often thought about this, but for your pastors, God has put your hearts and your souls in their care to shepherd and that's a high calling. So it, it's, a, it, it's a pretty, pretty awesome responsibility. So when I shared this, these things as a biblical counselor, I had, the, um, I had the privilege, I don't know whether you've ever heard of him, but I've had the privilege of sitting under the teaching of Dr. J. Adams. He's long passed away now, but he's the father of biblical counseling. And so he, so he taught me many years ago, when you preach, you counsel. And you see that from the, the title of the uh, sermon. 
So you're going to get counseled from God's word today because that's what I do. So here we go. If you got your Bibles with you, turn to Psalm 142. That's going to be our text. I'm going to read the text. So if you could follow along with me, please. Psalm 142. I cry aloud to the Lord. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. Although my spirit is weak within me, I love this, you know my way. Along this path I travel, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, no one stands up for me. There is no refuge for me. No one cares about me. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am very weak. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Free me from prison, so that I can praise your name. The righteous will gather around me, because you deal generously with me. Father, I do ask, Lord, that your spirit would not only fill me, but fill this place. I ask, Lord, that the things that I say, the things that I share would be your words of truth, but also, Lord, that they would be filled with your grace. And I do pray this in your name. Amen. So Betty walks in. She walks into the office. She's very, very weepy, looking very distraught. Just the minute she walked into the room, there was a heaviness within it. This thing's going to drive me crazy. I can move it down a little bit. She's in her mid-60s. She's been a pastor's wife for many years. She has supported her husband through the ups and downs of ministry and the ups and downs of life. And they were both so much looking forward to retirement. They couldn't wait. So if you were sitting there, how would you feel? How would you feel towards her? Would you feel for her? Would you sympathize? So as she shared her story, there, there was a point. She came to a point to where she, she stiffened up in uh, her chair. And her face, her face got real tight. And her eyebrows went down. And her her eyes narrowed. As the tears were coming down, and she said, 
And I just want to tell you, I hate Chicago winters. Okay. Well, she was in a dark place in her life. Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you're going through one now. Dark places in our lives can last like that. They could be for a brief moment. They could be for a brief time. Or they can be for an extended period of time. So in this psalm, you know where David is? He's in a cave. A lonely, dark, bug-infested cave. Trapped. And feeling alone just by what we read. Needless to say, this is not something he would expect. You know who... You know who David is. You know who he's going to be? This guy's the next king of Israel. And everything that goes along with that, all the perks, all of the benefits, servants, best of food, after all, who would expect him to end up in a cave because he's being chased. Look at verses 1 and 2. This is what he writes. I cry aloud to the Lord. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint. Now, I just want to tell you, he's not complaining here. He's not saying, no, why? Like, you ever done that? Why, God, are you doing this? I can't believe... Come on now. You've never done that, have you? He's not whining. He's being honest and pouring out his heart to God. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. Do you know that God uses those dark places to change you? And that's reason number one. Reason number one is to change your prayer life. Because you know what we do when we start to complain? Or even if, we, if we're not really complaining... You know what we tend to do, and I've done it too, don't you ever find yourself, or maybe you've never thought of it, you've thought about it this way, but when you pray, you bring to God a grocery list? A grocery list of what you want him to do for you. And many times that, that's not even a need. It's just something I want. David here is being honest with God and openly expresses his heart. And, and did, did I tell you about Betty? 
Did I tell you she hated Chicago winters? They were looking forward so much to retirement. Because after all those years in ministry and all of, everything that goes along with that, and a lot of their friends, a lot of their friends in ministry were also close to retirement, and they all were going to gather and live within the same vicinity in Florida. And ain't this great? Oh, I can't wait. So that's what, she, that's what Betty and her husband were planning on doing. And they made all the plans. Oh, they were going to have a gracious send-off from their church. And it was going to be so cool. And everybody was going to wish him well. But you know what happened? Her husband died before they ever made it. And she sits in the office, weepy, distraught. Did I tell you? She hated Chicago winters. Kind of carries a different perspective now, huh? But God puts us in dark places to change our prayer life from us to him. Because I don't know about you, but I find myself many times more concerned about what I want instead of saying, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. Now he's still teaching me when I get in those dark places to take my eyes off of me and to look on him and to actually say, do whatever you need to do to me to change me. To change my heart. You ever done that? Do whatever. There, there was a point in... Do, can I ask you, do you ever struggle with you? Come on now, be honest. You ever struggle with you? You know who preaches more to you than anyone else? You do. You do. And a lot of it's not good for you. There was a time in my life when I was really struggling. God was really changing my life. And, you know, I just get fed up uh, with, with the things in my life that I was trying to hang on to. And I was driving one day. And I don't know whether you've ever come to this part in your life, but I was praying while I was driving. I had my eyes open. But I said, Lord, do whatever you have to do to me to change me. Take away whatever you need to do in my life, whether it be anything, my wife, my kids, my arms, whatever. Give me cancer or do whatever you have to do to change me to be more like you. I was preaching at one time, and there was a, a somebody, somebody came up to me afterwards and said, man, that's a pretty bold thing to pray. You know, be, you know God sometimes gives you what you pray for. And he said, oh, were you ready for that? And I said, yeah. Yeah. I was. 
because I was so frustrated. So all those years of serving and all those years of praying and, 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 and retirement in Florida and they were all ready and Betty was in the dark place. Did I tell you she hated Chicago winters? But she wasn't seeing it yet. So let me just ask you this. Are you honest when you pray? Or do you complain if life gets too hard? We've all done it. <laughs> We've all done it. Or do you come to God with your grocery list? Whether it's two things, three things, four things. Huh? I, I was teaching... Um, I, I, I was teaching... Uh, young adults one time and um, uh, about marriage and, and uh, I have five daughters. Yeah, pray for me. Yeah, but anyway. But, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're great kids. I, Cheryl and I are so, so blessed. But when they were young, I was teaching them on how to focus and how to pray that God would bring you a husband. And one thing that I was teaching them and these other girls is, you know what? Don't make a list of 10 things because he's not out there. He's not. He's a believer. That's a given. But just focus on a couple things. You know, because if you're looking for Mr. Perfect, he ain't there. But many times I, I found myself, especially when life got hard, and life gets hard, I start praying for things. And here David, David opens himself up and he says, I cry aloud, I plead aloud to the Lord, I pour out my complaint before him, I reveal my trouble to him. Although my spirit is weak within me, you know, ah. Oh. Reason number two, to change your perspective. This is verses three and four, or follow. Although my spirit is weak within me, watch this, this is a key term here, you know my way. Along this path I travel, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, no one stands up for me. There is no refuge for me, no one cares for me. Have you ever gotten to the point that you think no one cares? God, and here's the thing, God in his complete all-knowing sovereignty knows exactly what's going on in each and every one of our lives. How do you think David got into the cave? God put him there.
If he's all-knowing and sovereign, everything that we go through is specifically planned for us. Each and every one of us. As he, as he did in David's life, he does in ours. And he use, get this, listen to me, he uses the dark places to change our perspective from us to him. That's what he uses. He knows because he has those things come up in our lives. He's every moment, everything we go through is specifically ordained from eternity past to help us to grow and change. Some of the darkest times that I've gone through before I was a pastor was trying to figure out what I did wrong that God would give me a severely disabled daughter. What did I do wrong? Never murdered anybody. But he did it to change me. So here's David. He's in a cave. You know how many guys were with David while he's running around the countryside trying to get away from Saul? 400! And he still feels alone. You know, you can feel all alone in a room that's filled. You can feel all alone in a room that's filled with people. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there now. And it can be overwhelmingly lonely. And the loneliness of a dark place is where God often does some of his greatest works. Listen to me. His heart is to change yours and mine. So here's Betty. Did I tell you she hated Chicago winters? So her husband died. And about a year later, she met somebody. Yay! She met somebody. She, she met a guy whose wife had passed. They were the same, same spirit, beliefs. They fell in love. So they got married. You know what he promised her? Go ahead, you can say it. To move to Florida. And she sits in the office weeping and distraught. She was so excited about going to Florida because finally her prayers are answered. Those dark places that God puts us in, I don't know whether you've ever thought about it this way. Those are places of grace. You know why? It's uncomfortable grace. That's what we say in the, quote, biblical counseling world. It's uncomfortable grace. Nobody wants to be there. 
right? Nobody wants to be there. Not me, not you. Nobody likes to be there. But being in those places not only changes our prayer life, but it helps us change, change our perspective because God is doing something. As David's perspective changed here, he said, you know, you know my way. He knows yours. He does. Reason number three. This is my favorite one. To rescue you from you. To rescue you from you. Look at me with verses 5, 6, and 7. He says, I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am very weak. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Free me from prison so that I can praise your name. The righteous will gather around me because you deal generously with me. So David here cries out to the Lord, and he comes to that point. He finally gets it. Because when he says there, he says, God, you are my portion. And you know what that means? That means what he's saying is that you are everything and all that I need. That's it. That's it. And that's the point. To be in a place where we finally realize that he's changing your heart, he's changing your prayer life, he's changing your perspective to where your heart learns that Jesus is all we need. So you know what happened to Betty? You know she got married. She got married again. And she was so much looking forward to Florida. Yes, we're going to Florida. To be with our friends, our ministry friends, because everybody's there waiting for us. And then her husband got sick. And she ended up being his caretaker for the next two years. until he passed away. Did I tell you that she hated Chicago winters? Different perspective now, huh? And she sat there, weepy, distraught, in that, and oh, might I add, she was mad. Would you be? She was mad. You know who she was most mad at? God. You ever been mad at God? Oh, I have. Oh, I, listen. Listen. 
The Lord is the only one who can rescue you from you. Because when we're left to ourselves, life, get this, when we're left to ourselves, watch this, life becomes one disappointment after another. And it just snowballs. And when it snowballs, Betty was sitting in the office. God will do whatever he has to do to rescue you, even putting you in a dark place so that your heart changes and that you learn that he is all you will ever, ever need. All of us. Here, here. This is a freebie, okay? This is the authority. This. This is the authority, and this is sufficient. One of the things that kills me, you ever been to a Christian bookstore? Oh, you've, I know you've been to, at some time, you've been to a Christian bookstore? Yeah, no, yeah? You ever look for the Bibles? You know where they are? You ever thought about this? You walk into the yeah, Christian bookstore, you walk into the, the you walk into the store and there's shelves and shelves and shelves of books and self-help books, and some of them are pretty good. Most of them are garbage. You know where the Bibles are? In the back. On the shelf, on the bottom. Jesus Christ is all we ever need. And by the authority and the sufficiency of the book he wrote tells us so. But so here's Betty. You, you know Betty. She eventually saw what God was doing in her life. And how God was changing her heart. And, oh, sad to say, she never made it to Florida. Never made it. But you know what she went on to do? She went on to serve in her church. You know who she served? The widows. and being the mom to her daughter and the grandmother to her grandkids. Watch this, okay? The problem was not the fact that her first husband passed away. You got that? Okay? The problem was not her second husband passing away. Okay? You got that? Okay? The problem was her heart.
And God will do whatever it takes to change our heart, even if it means putting us in a dark place for a short time or for a long time. You know what that's called? Grace. Because he loves us enough to do that. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the authority and the sufficiency of your word. I want to thank you so much, Lord, for the dark places that you've put me in in my life. I want to thank you so much for loving me enough that sometimes it hurts, but you do whatever it takes to change me and to mold me into your image. And I want to not only thank you for that, but pray for everyone here, even those who are going through a dark place right now. Thank you for what you did in David's life. And help us, Lord, when we get in those spots that you would, that through your spirit, it would be quick to teach us to take our eyes off of us and put it on you where they belong. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and may you receive all the glory. Amen.